Hello, my name is David Coletta, and I'm the senior leader at Mission Community Church. Before you begin watching the Sermon of the Week, allow me to pray that you might encounter God right there where you are. Father, I ask that your spirit will be present right where people are watching this video. May they be receptive to the voice of your spirit as they watch in Jesus' name, amen. From all of us at MCC, may God bless you as you watch this week's message. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, 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 you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, the silence fear. It's been exciting to do this series on um, uh, overcomers and stories of hope. And, and the focus is on the stories of hope. And today you're going to hear something that's really going to inspire your heart to increase hope in your life. Um, you know, uh, I think that when it comes to, to church and church life, we do such a great job to hide behind the facade. We hide behind, uh, you know, the aspect of coming to church and worshiping together. And, and so we, we focus on that, and that it becomes our primary thing. You know, we just, I'm going to church. I'm going to worship God. That's what I'm going to do. That's fantastic. And, um, and that's great. But the fact of the matter is that 
all of us, in fact, many of us, even just as we drive to church some mornings, it's like all hell breaks loose, things are not cool, we come to church and we kind of like put a big stone on top of that and we say, I'm just going to do the best that I can. And, and it, it honestly is just hard. Some days it's really, really hard. And we have got to learn to be more open. We have got to learn to be more transparent and, um, and accept our failures and our faults because you know what? God is not looking for perfection. How I many of you are thankful that God is not looking for perfect people? Ah, oh, what a relief. Seriously. We don't have to try to be someone that we're not. God takes us just as we are with all of our failures, our faults, past, present, and he knows the future ones too. So he accepts us even through those. I'm so thankful that we have a God who forgives us. And so this series has been... Uh, a tremendous blessing. We've taken it from uh, Revelation where it talks about the fact that they defeated him, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. We, we have overcome the enemy because of our testimony. You know, one thing that God has gifted us with is the power of our testimony. And one thing that the enemy cannot do is to take away what God has done for you. He can try to discourage you. He can try to impact your finances. He can make you mad with your kids. You want to stop? Never mind. Uh, and, but you know what? One thing that he cannot take away is the power of your testimony. And so we have listened to three incredible uh, testimonies uh, over the past three weeks. And today is no different. In fact, today... It's going to be a powerful day. And I'm going to call Lois to join me. Come on, bless my wife. Um, and uh, today we're going to welcome a precious family uh, that we love. And it's today is Whitlow's Day. And we just baptized that as you're in prayer. It's Whitlow's Day. So, Robert, Kathy, and Susan, would you come up? Would you bless them, please? Uh, well, for those of you who don't know, Robert and Kathy, uh, you guys have been coming here for what? But three, three years? Since uh, three years? 2018. 2018. We have that in common. And uh, you guys have been married how long? How many children? Give us a little snippet of your life. Uh, 41 years married and four children. Susan's our third. Wow. Hey, bless 41 years married. That's a rare thing. Our oldest, Jacob, and his wife, Angel, and their right. son, Josiah, are, are here. Awesome. Welcome. Welcome. So glad to have you guys here. That's fantastic. Well, um, Susan is your number three, you said. And Susan doesn't usually attend our church. That's why you don't see Susan. Uh, but occasionally she comes. And, you know, one of the things that uh, Susan brings is, like, copious amounts of joy that is so like you just want to have that same joy that is in our heart so Susan we're so glad to, to see you and to have I'm you to and uh, share your testimony with us we're blessed by you guys so when we thought uh, about our time uh, together today and we've been thinking about uh, the power of testimony you know we often say the word the power of the testimony 
And, uh, you know, I think that the power of the testimony, that sentence, that phrase, is more than just a cool thing to say. Because there is something very, very powerful. When God does something in our lives, it is there because God wants us to influence those around us by the power of our testimony. And so uh, today, uh, it's, you know, it is the case for Susan, who has a powerful testimony of what God has done in her life. You're going to hear that shortly. But it's also true for Robert and Kathy because they indirectly received the power of their daughter's testimony as a testament of the power of God to do great things. So let me start with you, Susan. Uh, tell us a little bit. Let's start with a little bit about your childhood. How was your childhood? How was it growing up, uh, you know, for you? I mean, you grew up in a Christian home. Tell us a little bit about that. Holy Spirit, come. <laughs> um, I was surrounded by love, you know, from the get-go. But I had an inability to accept and feel it at the deeper level. And um, have, I struggled a lot as a child. And we were born into a world of sin. And there's curses that have to be broken. And I didn't know that, but I took on the false identity from the get-go that I was unlovable because of ha I had issues and learning disabilities, and um, I just had um, difficulty time like learning and um, seeing me how others saw me, and um, in my anguish. Um, I started pulling out my hair at age seven, and um, I endured that, you know, daily, and not um, having anyone that really truly understood, because I thought I was all alone, but there's millions of people who have this, but I didn't know that until I was 20, and I just grew up thinking that there was something wrong with me, so I just, like, kept to myself, and um, suppressed everything and hurt myself and um, I got in a wrong crowd and it just led me down a dark dark path where I just felt so alone and I felt so misunderstood but people God brings people from the get-go to plant seeds in your life and to, to plant hope that no matter what you go through, that you're going to be okay. And that was my family for me. That even though I felt different, I felt loved by them, that I was going to be able to be okay. And I got through life, you know, knowing, being around my family, that was good. That's good. So. Thank you, Susan. And there are also some other people here today. Mm-hmm. My brother, he, he named me. My parents were going to name me Rebecca, but God, like, he calls me Rebecca now in, in my quiet place with the Lord. But um, my brother, Jacob, he, he has always been protective and loving in every sense and has always cared about me. 
and has always stood by my side, even when I pushed him away. I pushed everyone away that I love because I didn't know how to accept love. When God heals your heart to, to accept love, then you're able to accept love. And looking back, I'm just like, thank you, God, for placing me in a family that loves me no matter what, that they see through all of my bad and loves me no matter what. Yeah, and I think that's so important. I think that there's a... There's something very, very critical, I think, for all of us as believers and really as family members, as Susan was saying about her brother, but all of us need to be, we need to become a safe place for people. Uh, you know, a place where you can just open up your heart and share your struggles and not feel condemned. And isn't that a good thing that, that we can find people like that in our lives? That's so yeah. important. So Kathy and Robert. Um, I know as a parent myself, when I have seen one of my children struggle, sometimes I didn't, I didn't know how to address it. Uh, I wasn't equipped, really, sometimes. So what was your response to Susan's struggle? Well, I grew up in a family without Jesus, and I wanted and believed that Robert and I were going to have a solid foundation of faith, of Holy Spirit, and I was disappointed when it didn't turn out to be perfect. <laughs> and I really think that I blame myself mostly for that because Robert is perfect. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> this, is, this is, I hope you're recording this. I want to be able to play this. How back. much money did you give him to share that? <laughs> No, seriously, I had a lot of things, a lot of issues, and we had four children very quickly, and what that did for me was to, as if a mirror were being held up, displaying what the lack in, in me was, and <clears throat> so in instead of being an encouragement or cheerleader for Susan, I just got dragged into the darkness with her. And it was very dark. It was very scary um, and disappointing because I wanted our family to be a light in darkness, but we were experiencing darkness in our own home, <clears throat> which got worse as, you know, it, it's one thing to have a three-year-old, but when you have a 30-year-old who can drive and do things, it's just, it, it was disappointing. And the enemy uses that, right, to, to just bring discouragement and, and to get you down in your Christian walk. It's almost as if we take on the identity of the problem and, and start blaming ourselves, right, Robert? Yeah, but one thing Kathy did have, um, she, had a, she did have a promise. And uh, this was even before we were married, um, that from Isaiah 54, 13, that it says, all your children will be taught by the Lord and great will be their peace. And uh, I really can't tell you guys how many countless times I went to that. And not just for Susan, but, you know, believe it or not, we're all prodigals. Did you know that? You know, look to the person next to you and say, well, I know you're a prodigal. But, <laughs> but uh you know, we did have that scripture, and 
I knew that the Lord had given that to her, and so that was always there as something to, to hold on to. So, Susan, um, in 2020, you had an encounter with God. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So, well, first, before your biggest breakthrough, Satan will try everything to destroy you. And I almost died. Like, um, I got COVID and I literally thought I was dying and I couldn't breathe. And I was just in agony. I was like, I'm just done with life. You know, um, growing up, I had suicide tendencies and, um, but I'm still here. And, but God, you know, and, and um, so before 2020, 2020 um, that whole year, just one thing after the other. And I was just like, enough is enough. Like, God, if you're real, like, make my life better. Like, I want to believe in you in every way. Like, I don't, I, this, this life that I've been living is not of you. And I see that. And I just, I remember it was, it was Hunter's birthday on December 31st. And um, it was 1030. And I just remember crying out. I, I fell to the floor and I cried out to him and I was like, God, God, I can't do this anymore. Just save me. Save all of me. I surrender all of me. I surrender all of my issues to you. I surrender my hair issues to you. Heal me of my hair disease. Heal me of everything. And all I, all I felt was just love. Just pour into every hair follicle where before I used to wear wigs, but because of the grace of God and his redeeming love and his, him setting me free, I'm able to walk freely and boldly as I am, no matter what's happened in the past, no matter what I've done, I can walk freely into his, his way for me. And that was just the turning point into my deep, inner healing and going after deep, deep deliverance that the enemy tried to steal from me, but now I can fight back. And in the name of Jesus, his, his blood is covered all amen. over me that yeah, I, <laughs> when we go after God with all of our hearts and in our deepest brokenness, he can't help but run to you and scoop you up and hold all of your pieces. Yeah, come on. For he just picks all of you up. And he's like, he holds me in the palm of his hand every day. And I know that I'm going to be okay because he is in me. And I, he goes before me and I look up to him. And I just see life differently because in my deepest, darkest moments of darkness where I thought I was dying, he pulled me up and he rescued me, and he rescues me every single day. Like, it is, it. it is nonstop because I am open. I laid everything down at the foot of the cross, and I'm like, here I am, God. Take this from me. I can't live with this. I can't live with depression. Take my depression, God. And he did. He, yeah. he just wants us to ask, and he wants us to just be bare and open and, and lay everything down at the foot of the cross that we can just step in freedom and go. know that we're free and that nothing can hold us back. 
because we are set free and loved just as we are. So good. Thank you, Susan. Uh, so, Susan, tell me something. You, you, it sounds to me like in the midst of your pain, you did not run away from God, but you oh. ran toward God. And our tendency oftentimes when things are dark is that we run we hightail it away from God because he's light and we're just, we got all these ugly feelings and we just want to run away as fast as we can. But you ran toward God. What, what happened in your heart that was there a moment that you felt like, wow, God, you're calling me to, to come to you. Here I come. Well, you can't live in both worlds. And that's what I was doing. Like, I was always at the fork of the road, like, I want to go that and do things my way, or I could go to God's way and do it his way, but I didn't trust God at that time, and I didn't see God for who he is, so I just kept going to the back to what made me feel comfortable, but it didn't make me feel comfortable. It just made me, like, be more broken and um, go after the worst things that could fill me up, that drugs and alcohol do not fill you up. God fills you up, and he takes away the desire and the addictions and the habits that keep you in bondage and change. And that's what he did. Like, every, everything that I laid in my deepest, darkest hour of just crying out to him, he met me, and he just reached into, into my pain and just took it from me. And that no matter what I go through that he's always going to be there, that I can just look to him and know that I'm going to be okay. And I am. And when I ran from the world and ran into God's world, that's when things change. That's when the change broke. Because when I run to God, you don't want to run back to the world. You want to run to him. That's right. That's like, right. I love it. Every day, I just run to him, and I'm like, here I am, God. What are you going to do in my life today? <laughs> well, before, I could barely wake up. Like, I just wanted to stay in bed when I lived for the world. But when you live for God, he just plants visions and dreams and, and a new way to live your life and a new way to do things that you don't have to go to your back what made you comfortable. You can go to the Lord in every area of your life, in every area that you need. Wow, that's profound. I'm so inspired. Um, how did that look, walking that out? Okay, you had your encounter in December of 2020. What did that look like over the next weeks and months? It was just, it's, well, it's still like this. It's day by day going after the Lord and getting true, re like having true repentance for what you've done. And If I could jump in on that just a second. Uh, this is kind of supposed to help everybody out a little bit. You know, there were, there, Susan, over the years, you know, she would have what I would call spiritual spasms, you know, where it seemed like maybe something was happening and then it wasn't sustained. And yeah, it was. Uh, but when this happened in December of 2020, Kathy immediately knew it was real. I was kind of like, well, we'll see, you know. But uh, Kathy knew immediately. She said, this is, this is real yes she's really encountered the lord and then what happened you guys it was almost on a weekly basis she would bring something up and she would say you know i'm really sorry for that 
And we weren't even, we weren't prompting any of this. You know how it is with adult children. You're, 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 you only have interaction with your adult children by invitation. Yes. <laughs> and if you don't, you know it. <laughs> yeah. So, but it was stunning. And I would wonder, well, I wonder if she's going to bring that up. And then a couple of weeks later, she would bring something else up and say, I'm really sorry about that. It was, it was really... The, the fruit of repentance is the proof of the reality of the transformation. Beautiful. And, I mean, that's true for all of us. And uh, all these things are true for all of yeah. us. And uh, so, and then I just started hearing from the Lord. She'd say, well, the Lord's telling me this. I'm like, yep, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. And so I started shutting up listening. <laughs> and so you could hear the reality of the voice of the Lord in her relationship with him. Because that's what he wants for all of us. You know yeah, that. Yeah. That's our birthright is his that's children. Right, that's right. Well, I, I think I just found the title for book number 24 for you, Robert. I think it's going to be called Spiritual Spasms. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that before, but I think it's, it's, it's great. Um, I, I know I've had my roller coasters, right, Susan? You know, we've, we've all gone through those spiritual roller coasters, up and downs. But, you know, I was thinking... As, as parents, as you're saying, you know, sometimes we don't do that. We, we tend to, like, speak at times out of context, sometimes out of order. What would you say to somebody, like, to parents right now that are sitting here that maybe are just struggling even to, to have hope in their, in their lives? Kathy, what would you say to somebody? Because you guys lived it, and how much do I say? Do I, do I talk right now? Do I not? Well, get a good group of people around you, mm. and we've got some of those people. Yeah. It takes a village. It does. You, you know, you might have a day where your grace is just completely drained out of you. And I remember calling a friend back in Georgia. We moved here from there. And um, <clears throat> it was kind of just, you know, mouthing off about, well, she did this and she didn't do that. And Celeste said, well, it just sounds to me like you're agreeing with the devil. And I went, oh, I don't want to do that. Mm. <laughs> always pray. Always believe. If you, you know, if you get to the point where you don't think your prodigal is going to come back, you know, it, you know there's a return in Jesus. And prayer is so powerful. Mm. Yourselves and others. It's just critical to pray and believe God. Because he wanted Susan much more than we did for the right reasons, you know. You know, I might have messed up with worrying about reputation or this is too scary, too dark, but God never gave up on her. Yeah, that's so true. That's so good because, you know, I'll say as a father uh, of three, I've been at times overly concerned with my reputation, thinking, oh, my kids are not, not walking with the Lord, and I... You know, what are people going to think about me? But you know what? Does that even really matter? Yeah, that's where we make a mistake. Yeah, one thing that really helped me on that was I heard somebody say that, uh, you know, God's the perfect father, and look how much trouble he has with his children. (laughs) And, uh, And the other thing that I really, uh, I want, I know that, uh, you know, 
children form a lot of their basis for their perspective on the Heavenly Father by their relationship with the earthly father. And, you know, I wanted by the grace of God as much as possible to reflect that in a good way for her so that there wouldn't be that kind of a hindrance for her receiving the love and trying to be consistent in that. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I always do, but that I knew that was, that was an operative reality that I was desired to have. Uh, but Kathy's right. And, you know, some of the people, that's why I choked up earlier, because some of the people are here today that really stood with us and have loved Susan well. And they're just representative of many others. And, and we also, guys, in addition to that 50, Isaiah 53, 14, is that right? 54, 13. You know, we did have, we, we did have prophetic things that had been spoken over Susan's life. And, you know, those prophetic words are part of the weapons of our warfare. And we want to be, it's like Kathy said, not agreeing with the enemy, but we want to agree with the reality of the destiny of God for our children and our grandchildren. I think as parents, we need to be aware of one thing. And I, um, you know, um, I've made a lot of mistakes as our children were growing up. I wish that I would not have spoken at times when I did. And I wish that I would have spoken at times that I didn't. And, uh, you know, it really is so true. What Kathy said, it takes a village. It takes people. Oftentimes, uh, there are people that, uh, that we have known for years that will write encouraging emails or, or cards and just say praying for you guys. You know, there were years that, you know, where my life was just, you know, my parenting skills were, like, really, really poor. She, well, mine weren't she, that hot she, either. She helped a lot more. Uh, but um, I, I think that so much grace of God, but yet, you know, you look at your children, you say, thank God for the grace of yeah, God. grace. And, but, you know, it's also the prayers of people around you. It's the encouragements of people around you. And so, well, Kathy, that is just, just a powerful concept, and I want to reiterate it. Get yourself people around you that will believe God with you, for your children, for your family, for situations in your life. You should not live your life alone in a vacuum. Yeah. You, you're I think we have to get really fed up with surface relationships where, you know, go out and have a coffee or a meal. And I mean, those are fine. There are different levels of friendships, but we really have to, you have to be really willing to be vulnerable and to and someone asks how you doing this week oh it's good it's good it's great well i think we need to pause and we re, we need to rethink yeah. our quick responses and everything's fine so oh, okay but you have to we have to learn to practice honesty and um that village there are other people in the village <laughs> that are feeling the same way you're feeling and they're afraid too and it just takes that one step that second yeah. step just to open up so good. And, um, yeah, it's investment. It is. Susan, I, I want to go back to you. You've used the word deliverance a couple of times. And um, explain to us. Oh, there you go. 
Oh, we got there. Oh, that's right. Percy's birth. It all Glorious starts with freedom. Yeah, self-deliverance. Yeah. You can but deliver. explain what happened to you in the in terms of deliverance. But also tell us what happened after. You know, because God redeems us, restores us, and then there's a word that we don't use often. You know, a lot, and it's restitution. Right? God gives us back what the enemy has stolen, but then we also need to return some of the things to those around us that we may have impacted and hurt. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, first things, um, forgiveness. Um, going back to people from the very beginning, even if you don't want to, but to do it for yourself, it feels better. Um, and also God loves that. But to go back, so what I would do is I immediately went back to my siblings and I was like, if I ever caused you to feel a certain way, if it was anger, frustration, will you please forgive me? And we, and then I, and then I asked that God would bless and restore relationships that the enemy took, because the enemy he wants to destroy and kill and lie every single day and take your joy from you. And when you do deliverance, that's how you silence the enemy. When you worship and when you praise God and do deliverance, you're set free in every way. That The enemy does not have any hold on you. Like when you go after, so when I went after um, depression, I was like, in the name of Jesus, I cast out the spirit of depression and I would do it over and over and over. And then there was no depression. And I, I was just, what the enemy tried to do and, kill me god used it for good and here i am sharing <laughs> you know that he with deliverance you can overcome anything you can overcome fear anxiety any of the things that people just like oh it's just anxiety but you can get rid of that you don't have to live with anxiety god wants us to live in perfect peace where we can just depend on him for everything, that we don't have to think of all the, the horrible things. Yes, it's horrible, but God, God meets you in the horrible. He meets you in the loss and in the brokenness, in the depression. He brings joy. He brings family and friends that gets rid of isolation. There's no more isolation. God healed me of isolation. There's no more fear. There's no more anxiety. There's this perfect peace because I just want that. I want him in every area of my life, in every, every area of what I go through. And when you do deliverance every day, it could just be anything, hatred, anger. Um, just, like, Google it. There's a lot of lists. But... Um, it's just powerful when you do deliverance. Um, you can do it for family. You can do it for, like I did it for my dog. And, and she, like, she doesn't have fear anymore. Like, like there's just like the enemy doesn't want us to know that we could be delivered from things that, things that keep us from God. God, God wants just open, open path where there's no hindrances, there's no barriers, there's no fear or frustration in, in between because right. he has taken it from you. So good. And he just fills you and replaces 
all the bad with good. So there's joy, there's peace, there's he gives you all the fruits of the spirit because that's what you want. There's no more room for enemy to take over because you're a child of God. Right. I'm a child of that's God. Right. And I just say that every day. And and when you do deliverance, you are delivered. That's right. Every day. Susan, you brought a painting. And that actually reminds me of um, a book. The painter's here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wonderful. It reminds me of a book that was written many, many years ago ago called The Bondage Breaker, Neil Anderson. And that just reminds me of that, that God is a bondage breaker. Can you tell us a little bit about that painting? Explain what that is. Yeah, I got this painting before I got set free, but I put it up um, on top of my mantle over in my fireplace, and I just looked at it. I'm like, well, that's a beautiful painting, you know, but... I always knew from the get-go that I wanted it because I knew that it would be me one day. I just knew. You have to have hope. Even when you don't see the breakthrough, even when you don't see the miracle yet, that you have hope no matter what because God loves us. And he loves us just as we are. And even if we're chained and, and broken and, and just trapped in bondage, he wants to break that, and he wants to break the bondage over your heart so that you can accept him as he is, that he just wants to go in and into every area of your life and into your, into your mind. He sets my mind free. He took away mental illnesses that had consumed me. He kept me from, he keeps me from going and doing, like, I just, I'm wild for him. Like, I used to be wild for the world, but now I'm wild for God, and I'm okay Amen. with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, please, Kathy, yeah. Well, you, David alluded to the fact that, that Robert's written 23 novels, and he turns out a 400-page published novel every year. Every year, he's so diligent. He does a, a day job, too. So this I wrote, it's a parable about my life. It includes Susan and Robert and our other children. And I wrote this book in 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 11 pages long. <laughs> and um, I just want to give tribute. I have a friend here that, that, well, actually two, that work with sex traffic kids and women and men. And I could have just done this. You know, the Internet's a pretty good place, or it can be a really bad place, as Susan can testify. But I could have done this just in e-form, but I wanted my friend to be able to put it in the hands of somebody who had been set free. Mm. And it's a story of a bear cub that is orphaned and um, trapped by the man that shot her mother. And as she grows up, she's contained in this horrible prison and poked and trained and prodded and starved. And just really, it was a miserable existence for her until one day she's so weak because the guy hasn't come to feed her or put water in her Don't cage. Don't tell the whole story. They need to read the book. All right. Well, I... <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's really so short. 
Um, but anyway, a mistake, and this is all go back to myself in first person, the mistake that I made and that, that clumsy the bear cub made in this book was that she did not know that the Savior was with her. And she went looking for him because her cub, her third cub, ended up in the same prison as she was in. And, but the deliverer finds the mother cub or the mother bear and um, goes with her back to free the third child. So here's, here's what I wrote. <clears throat> By the way, the, the picture on the front is a cage with the door that's been opened. And that's what deliverance really is. It's just you're being freed from whatever addiction or whatever sin or whatever hopelessness you have found yourself. But anyway, um, so kind is the, the daddy bear and clumsy is the mother bear. And this is determined. So... Um, <clears throat> rising, she looked into the cage and realized that her cub had to choose for herself to walk out of her prison. She had to want to be free. As weak, helpless, and hopeless as she was, determined, wrestled with a choice, and then finally looked into the man's eyes, silently begging him to help her with a gaze of pure love, forgiveness, and joy. He gave a mighty shout which turned into an even mightier roar. Before the animal's eyes, he turned into the largest, most majestic, magnificent bear you can imagine. His coat was so golden that the sun reflected from it. With a sweep of one huge paw, he knocked the gate to the enclosure open. The poor, starved cub stood in the middle of the cage, not sure if she were more terrified of staying or of the huge beast facing her. Determined also had to decide if she was willing to change her life once she was released. Hesitantly, the female bear walked out. I'll leave that part out. I'm not going to read it all to you. You have to get it for yourself. And by the way, they're out in the foyer. <laughs> and this was written, you guys, years ago. So this is way before this actually was realized. Yeah, this was by faith. Um, so they went and found the rest of the family. And, oh, sorry. Um, so Clumsy, whose name has been changed to Overcomer, <laughs> she, um, they stepped into the forest with a huge bear leading the way. What had been a dark and tangled, somewhat frightening place turned into something much more like a garden. Something deep within Clumsy and her DNA sensed that this was the original, the best and the last place, completely restored, never to be lost again. But she didn't want to go by herself. She wanted her entire family and especially determined to go with her. And um, that's kind of how... And I have a scripture, if I could just share this. Um, there were two words that came to me in the last four or five years that really impacted my spirit. I knew that when I heard them. The first was to surrender, and the second was reset. 
And I didn't really, and Robert, we didn't know if the reset, the surrender, it was just you're like, I knew that word, and I knew how to do it, and I did it, and I knew there was no going back from that surrender, including Susan, and probably especially Susan. But um, the reset, I didn't really know, Robert, we didn't know if it was going to be a process, if it was a click, you know, we didn't know. But a couple nights later in my quiet time in Colossians 1.20 in the Passion Translation, this verse, Colossians 1.20, says, And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. And that's exactly what's happened for Susan. It's happened for me, you know. I don't know how many copies are out there, but um, that is, it's a book that will, it, very impactful. I, when Kathy uh, gave us a copy to read, Lois devoured it, and then I just went right after it and just read the whole thing. It was just so, so impactful. Very, very good. Very good. Um, Susan, um, we talk about the prodigal. Robert, I love the fact that you said we're all prodigal. We all are. Uh, we all take, um, you know, steps toward God at some point or other. But what would you say to somebody here today that's maybe struggling, maybe in a place where um, they feel lonely, they haven't taken maybe those steps forward toward God, and you experience this peace and this joy, and God just I think baptized you with joy. He just dipped you in. He must have a fountain of joy, and he just totally dipped Susan in it. And uh, there's just so much joy. She exudes joy. It's like just, a candle, and then I'm lit on fire for him. I love it. I love it. So encourage somebody here that may be going through just a struggle and just needs to find her way like the prodigal son that was in you know in the mud pit and just was not living the life that the father had intended for him like the heavenly father intended for you and then you made your way back to him what would you tell someone that's struggling in the same way hmm. know how loved you are because there's only one you and when you're lost and you're alone and you feel like no one cares or no one listens that's there's a God that is always there and he you can be like I need you I need you God cry out to him he will, he will hear you. He just wants us to cry out to him that we can go to him for whatever we need. That my story, I was trapped in darkness for 20, 30, 25 years, 30, 30 years. And when I cry out to him, he's there. And you don't have to be alone. You don't have to be alone in your struggle and your heartache and your pain. 
he wants to meet you where you are and meet you where you're hurting and meet you where you're isolated and bring you hope and love and light because that's who he is. He is good and faithful and he, his love and his mercy just covers you that you don't have to be lost. You don't have to be burdened by grief and, and mourn things that aren't there anymore because he has a bigger plan for you that you don't have to be stuck in what keeps you in chains and bondage because he has a better plan for you and his love is far greater than anything you've ever gone through that you can you can go to him for whatever you need that there's no barrier that there's no veil that you look to him you don't look in the rear of your mirror you are healed you are set free you are delivered you have a love from a father that can never go away forever and ever you are loved and cherished you you are god is so faithful and meets you where you need in whatever whatever area that you're struggling in take it to the cross lay it down at the foot of the of jesus and even picture yourself up on the cross with him and be like, I'm dead to the, the way that I was doing things. I'm dead to the things that were keeping me in bondage and slavery. That I That is not who I am. That God will reach you in the deepest, deepest parts of you and pull you out to where you need to be. So, that he will, he will, it will be like an open heart surgery where you're just like, here I am. Heal my heart, God, where I can see you in a different way, where I can hear your words and hear your love for me. Open my ears, open my eyes where I just see all of you, God. So Lord, I just pray that you will bless all the lost people and bring them home Mm. and bring bring people to surround them Mm. with love and understanding that we don't judge, but we we love love like you. Mm. We we go out and be the light, and we go out and be the salt. We go out and be the, the way for others that we, there's no darkness with Jesus. That's right. That we, he gives us boldness, and he gives us courage, yeah. and he gives us a deep understanding of what we need when we just bear it all. That's right. And that's, right. that's what he wants. He, he just wants us to bear it all, like right. lay everything, like even if it's messy, even if you're sobbing, that's okay. You know, buy a box of tissue or four. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, like he, he wants us in our brokenness, and that's okay. That is okay to cry and be so broken for the Lord because he makes you whole. That's right. In that's your right. brokenness is how you're able to come up and out yes. and be separated from things that kept you from him. That's right. And God, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. This girl can preach. Um, you know, God's not scared to jump into the pool of your mess. He's not. Not even close. In fact, you know, sometimes we 
we we limit God because of that, I think, at times, right? But the fact, the truth of the matter is that whether it is an addiction, and we've heard stories of addiction over the past few weeks, or whether it is maybe unforgiveness or bitterness or disappointment, anything can keep you in a dark place. And anything that keeps you in that dark place, God wants to set you free from, wants to set me free from. We don't have to live in that place of darkness and and disappointment and and discouragement, hardly wanting to get up up out of bed in the morning. I mean, am I the only one that has gone through that? I mean, like some days it's like dragging yourself God wants to be right in the midst of that. He really delights in the helping us. But, you know, that's Susan's story. Robert, Kathy, what would you tell parents that have lost hope? I'm sure that there were times where things were hard in your lives as well. But, you know, there are people, there are parents, I'm sure, that are, that are struggling with their own children or maybe a family member that, that are going through difficult times, a prodigal, what would you tell them? Well, I mean, it is, it is real yeah. that you would, you'll have those moments. Um, but we really didn't have a plan B. We didn't have a plan B. And we were together in that. And, I mean, we wanted to, everything that we could do, but uh, we didn't have an option. I mean, the, the Lord's the, he's our only hope and he is, but he is the God of all hope. Isn't that right, Angel? And so, uh, you know, that was, you know, the goodness of God was so powerful that we were able to hang on to that. And, and then who he is, you know, is so much greater than our circumstances. Honest to goodness. And, you know, if, if we had not, I mean, I'm so thankful we got to see, we've gotten to see and experience what's happened in Susan's life. But I tell you what, y'all, even if I'd gone to the grave and it hadn't happened, I would have died in belief. I would have died believing. Because that's our option. That's, that's, the, that's what the life of faith is. That's the life of Abraham. It's so good. And so... You know, you kind of make that decision and that choice, and you commit that to the Lord, and you say, okay, Father, this is, this is us. Go ahead, Kat. I would just add that the Father, there were no restraints in his heart when, the, when he saw his son coming home. And Susan was in an amazing counseling um, situation, and I asked if I could come, and we went together a couple of times. I wanted to be 100% sure that I had no older brother, wrong parent. I wanted to be able to enter fully and joyfully into her situation as it was now, not as it was in the past. No fear that she would revert back, no, no condemnation of her. I wanted to be whole so that she would have a good landing place when she did come home. And I think that's an important thing. The hope sustains that. But also, you've got to do your part, too, to be, you got to choose not to be the older brother who really was not right. He was acting like a slave 
when he could have been in the palace with a ring on his finger, you know, and I didn't want to be that. So we wanted to be right for her. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, as we were praying um, for the service, the Lord gave me um, an impression of a vision, and I, I, I truly believe that that is something that he wants to do today because I had it again during worship, and, and the Lord reminded me of that again right now, that um, I had a, an impression of God wanting to, um, you know, when you go through graduation and you shake hands, you graduated, and you handed your diploma, and I had this, this vision of Jesus handing out crowns, crowns. You know, oftentimes we are the biggest hindrance to God moving in our lives. Do you know that? You know that sometimes you're God's biggest hindrance to moving in your life? Because we have a hard time receiving the love of the Father just for that simple reason. And God is looking for innocent childlike faith. He says that the kingdom of God belongs to such as these little children. And there's such a beautiful, childlike, innocent faith that Susan carries with her wherever she goes. And that is the same kind of innocent faith that God wants to put in each and every one of us. So I want to invite you to stand. Yeah, thank you, Father. Everything, Lord Jesus, that David was just saying... Lord, my spirit just said yes and amen to it. Yeah. Lord, for myself, and Lord, we just uh, proclaim that over everyone that yeah. uh, is in this room and that ever watches this uh, also video, that the reality of that crown, of the opportunity to be, Jesus. yes, that's right, just as Jesus has been so lifted up yeah. in the worship and in the testimony today that you will do that drawing of people to yourself that they can receive the crown of life mm. or that you have promised to those who who love you and know you and that there will be any and everything Lord that would hinder us from receiving the full yeah manifestation of your love for us yeah. would be removed in Jesus name and that every single person mm. Lord would be able to encounter you in yeah. that life-changing reality of your love, Lord, yeah. that knows no end. And we just receive that, and we thank you for it, and Lord, we're gonna go forth, Lord, with that reality as the greatest reality of our lives. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hey, thank you for watching the Sermon of the Week. We pray that you were blessed by it and you felt prompted to act upon what the Spirit of God was saying to you. If you live in the Charlotte area, we would love for you to come and worship with us at one of our weekend gatherings. That way you can find out more about our church family and what we value most. We encourage you also to give to our ministry so that we might continue spreading the gospel of Jesus to our city and throughout the world. To do so, you simply go to missioncommunity.cc, click on the give button, and the rest is simple. Lastly, I would encourage you to check out the remaining content on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to subscribe that way you will receive all of the reminders for fresh content that we put out. Have a wonderful rest of your day. May God bless you and thank you again for watching this week's message.